words of the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi, that chapter 1, that verse 27, I want you to think about where your allegiance lies and what you're committed to this morning. We have the joy of celebrating the Lord's Supper, and that is one of the central acts that we do um, as people are followers of Jesus. And what this symbolizes and what it means for us has profound implications or should have profound implications for our lives, the way we live, the way we work, the way we have our sense of belonging and being. And uh, in this day and time in which we're so concerned, I know for many of you, uh, you can't stay off of the news, you can't stay off of Facebook, uh, you can't believe everything that you read and everything that you see. But I think that what we gain in uh, Philippians, the first chapter, is an understanding not only of where we are, but whose we are. And that namely, as we look, we need to recognize in verse 27 as we begin this passage of Scripture, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul writing, that no matter what, whatever happens, as citizens of heaven, and I want to pause right there for a second, because I want us to understand that our ultimate allegiance and our ultimate citizenship is not of this world. And I want you to think about the implications that has, that no matter what happens on Tuesday, November 8th, it does not thwart the will of God, it does not bring about Armageddon, no matter who gets elected, and I'm not suggesting to you that the election doesn't matter, but what I am going to suggest to you is God's election is much, much more vital to our existence. That His purposes are going to happen, that God's will is going to unfold, and we have an opportunity to be an integral part of that. So while you are citizens and we are citizens of this great nation, our ultimate citizenship is in the kingdom of God. And in that I find solace, in that I find hope, in that I find help. And it lets me know that no matter what chaos ensues in this world, that my address at 415 East K Street, my address on this planet is temporal. That there is a kingdom and there is a place that has been carved out that God has specifically prepared before the foundations of the world for you and me to be able to enjoy his kingdom like anything that we've ever seen. God is on his throne. God is in charge. He does not sit detached from our existence. He does not, exi he does not exist detached from our experience. And he yearns and he longs for us to join him in his work. That's why we've got to recognize as citizens of the kingdom, as we recognize as followers of Christ, that you and I have the one thing that separates us from the rest of the world, and that's Jesus Christ. And as a result of our commitment, as a result of our solidarity together as the body of Christ, as we celebrate communion, as we come together to focus on what really matters, you and I need to live a life worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means that we need to conduct ourselves in light of the gospel, in light of Jesus who has reached down in the midst of our circumstances and who has saved us sometimes from ourselves, but he saved us from the enemy. 
and He set our hope and our help on high. He saved us not just for what is to come. He saved us not on just what we will inherit in the kingdom of God, not just because we're going to heaven in the future, but He saved us for such a time as this, in this moment, in this time, to be a witness to the nation, to be a witness and opportunity for what's going to happen. And you and I need to make sure that the way we conduct ourselves at home, the way we conduct ourselves at work, the way we conduct ourselves on social media, the way we conduct ourselves in every avenue of life points to the hope of Jesus Christ, the salvation of Jesus Christ that He freely gives, and the power that we have to believe in Him. It is my hope that as we, uh, as we journey in faith together in Elizabethan, um, it's not that we impact the world or impact our community so that they become good little Southern Baptists. It is my hope that people will come to the saving knowledge of Christ despite what flavor, I mean Baskin Robin has 31 flavors, despite what flavor of Christianity someone is, that central to the teachings of Scripture that we will unite under one platform and the platform is Jesus Christ. There may be differences among us denominationally. There may be Listen, there's differences in this room. In this room, let's just say we have 300 people. You have about 15,000 different beliefs out of 300 people because we're Baptist. And we come together for one purpose and one purpose alone. And that is to lift up the name of Christ. We join together in ministry and function, living a life corporately together that promotes Jesus, sharing the hope that has changed and transformed our lives. Hopefully that's your testimony. If you're here today and you've never experienced the transformation that God offers, His free gift of grace, you are a miss of the amazing life that you could have in him. And all I'll challenge you to do is this. Try him for 30 days. It's a money back guarantee. Try him for 30 days. All I ask, be committed for 30 days. 30 days, immerse yourself in the gospel. 30 days, try to live in light of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Try to control your temper like Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. As a parishioner reminded me this week, when you argue, argue basically like Jesus. Be a person that is living in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now for most of us, we fall short of that every day. But because of His great love and His compassion for us... We don't suffer hell. We don't suffer condemnation. We suffer the range of forgiveness that he offers. And my hope this morning for you as we celebrate communion is simply that, that you don't have to be Baptist to celebrate communion. All we simply ask that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that you've committed your life to him, that he is at the center of what you're doing. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in this time of political correctness, you can be politically correct and biblically incorrect. In fact, a lot of times political correctness is biblical incorrectness. God has not called us to be right in the world's eyes. God's called us to be holy and set apart. That means that often our world will not appreciate the stances that we take. But our allegiance to the gospel of Christ and to the Christ that is over the gospel demands that we stand for something, someone, namely Him. Because here's the fact, if you and I don't stand for something, you and I will fall for anything that comes our way.
Christ has given us the greatest opportunity. He's given us the hope beyond hopes. And so as we come together at First Baptist Church to celebrate communion, to uh, impact our community, whether that's through Operation Christmas Child or whether that's through our Feast of Sharing at Thanksgiving, we're all coming together for the sake of the gospel, sharing the love of Jesus Christ. We may differ in our opinions about different things, but we are unanimous in our commitment that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, as John 14, 6 tells us, and that there is no other way to the Father but through Him. He is it. He is the ticket. He is the only ticket. There's nobody else that's worthy of being elected but Him. He is the one that leads. He is the one that guides. He is the one that saves. He is the one that calls. And listen, if you're going to put your eggs in one basket, He is the only basket that we need to place our hope, our confidence, and our trust. Because He has defined time. He has transcended death. He has been resurrected. He came off of the cross. He suffered the cross. He was resurrected through the power of God. And what He offers for you and me is not the life that we've always wanted, but He offers us the life that we have so desperately always needed. If you're here this morning and you have never trusted in Christ, we want you to do that. And our hope is this morning that as we celebrate communion, as you take in the bread which symbolizes His body that was broken for us, as you take the cup which represents His blood and His sacrifice that He gave on a cross for your sin and my sin and all the sins of the world, that in the act of doing and celebrating communion as a family of God, that you are recognizing His sacrifice, His death, and your hope. That is our prayer today, that you will leave here equipped that you will leave here knowing His love, that you will leave here not only knowing the gospel, maybe the gospel's been uh, away from you, we want you to leave equipped with the gospel. It is good news. It's the best news that you and I will ever hear. So as much as you tune into the news today and as much as you tune in to everything that's going on, my prayer for you and our prayer at First Baptist Church is that you listen to the still, small voice of God. He's got this. You're in His midst. He knows you. He knows your situation. And He is providing a way, every shape and every form on every day, a plan to give you hope, a plan to prosper you, a plan not to harm you, a plan to make you His own. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank You for Your Word. And as we live in light of Your Gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ, and Father, as we come even now, as I call the deacons forward, as we celebrate communion, Lord, that you would be over our body, First Baptist Church, that you would be central to what we do, how we live, how we act, and everything that we put out would be something that's worthy of your gospel, that points people to Jesus. God, help us not to be a distraction from what really matters. Help us to be fully, fully embracing of your central truth, the love of Christ, the hope of Christ, and the grace of Christ, because we find in your word that your grace is sufficient. May we find rest for our souls only by resting in your awesome and amazing presence. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ask the deacons if they'll come forward.
body of Christ, the beauty of this table is that everybody that believes in Jesus, no matter where they've been, no matter where they are, whether rich or poor, whether on top of a mountain or in a valley, at this table, everyone is one. At this table, the beauty of it is we are one in Christ. We are equal, male, female, slave, free. We're one in Christ. The beauty of the moment is that this is a taste of what heaven will be, where we're one in mind, one in body, one in spirit, praising the God who gave everything, who sacrificed it all so that we could have it all. The body of Christ broken for you and for me. Take and eat and do this in remembrance of him. Father, as we take in your body, we recognize the brokenness that you suffered on the cross. And Lord, though there are centuries that have separated us from that moment in time, Lord, we will never forget, we will never truly know how great the sacrifice was. Father, thank you for loving us even before we could ever love you. Thank you for your commitment and your steadfast love and grace towards us, for being gracious even when we haven't been. And Lord, as we take in your body today, may we leave in the spirit of Christ and when we know that we have been called and that we have the power to be saved through him and him alone. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the life of Jesus Christ. And may our lives live in a manner that's worthy of the gospel that we speak of, the gospel that we believe, and the Christ who has set us free. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.